Greetings, and welcome to Etzheim's weekly podcast, recorded live in Richardson, Texas. We invite you now to join us for one of our synagogue's Shabbat messages. And we're delighted today to have uh, Jeff Clark deliver us God's Word. He's got a powerful message uh, on evangelism and the Word of God. And so uh, I thank you, Lord, for, for being with your servant, Jeff, and, and uh, for giving him your, your Word and give us uh, ears to hear and hearts to receive. In Yeshua's name, amen. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. It's always a pleasure to be able to uh, bring the word and to speak with you. If you remember the last time, we were at the old building. So this is the first time I've been here. I've actually got to sit in a service today, which was a blessing. I'm usually outside uh, doing the uh, greeting and uh, taking care of hospitality and ushering. So it's a blessing to be here today. And I hope everyone is having a, a wonderful Shabbat. So I would say probably 10 years ago, the Lord has been putting this theme on my heart. And then when COVID hit, it really started to accelerate. And uh, last November, we were up at Marty's um, for uh, the men's retreat. Some of you were probably there with us. And I was able to, to uh, teach a little bit on this theme about prepare and proclaim. And so I wanted to bring that message here to all of you today because this has really been on my heart for a while now. And I know a lot of us throughout this last year, year and a half, it's almost going on. You know, we've been, we've been under attack, right? The world has changed. And I told you the last time I spoke, I said, if, uh, if President Trump didn't get reelected, there's going to be a time of testing like we've never seen before. And I'm kind of glad that he didn't get reelected because I think we were starting to put our hope in this man instead of in the creator of heaven and earth. And so I'm glad that the plan is accelerating to where the kingdom of God will soon, hopefully, be upon this earth. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for this world to end, and I'm ready for the new world to begin where Yeshua HaMashiach is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he is reigning upon this earth, and we with him. So preparation can take two forms. And I'm, this is part one. Preparing spiritually and preparing physically. And only when you are prepared spiritually can we, can you effectively proclaim the gospel? And only after the gospel is proclaimed as a witness to the whole world can the end come. And so are we holding up the end? Are we holding up the ushering in of the kingdom of God by not doing what Yeshua has commanded us to do? And only then can our physical preparations in conjunction with God's sovereign grace come into play. And even then, there are no guarantees that we will escape martyrdom. And so that's where we are. Preparation comes 
through obedience to God's word. Amen? And so let's look at an example of Noah. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Genesis 6 or look at it on the screen. Sometimes I may go off prompter, so if you have your word with you, um, bear with me. And I hope I'm not speaking too fast for the translator. I know I get a little excited sometimes as the, the Ruach tends to come over me. So in Genesis 6, 9, it talks about Noah, right? Noah was what? A just man, perfect in his generations. What did Noah do? He walked with God. Brethren, are we walking with God, with Messiah in our lives today? Or can, we, can God come here today and say, you or you or you or me are a just person, perfect in our generation? And I would dare to say that many of us cannot say that. And so in Genesis 11, it says, the earth was also corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence, much like it is today, right? The earth is corrupt before God and it's filled with violence. We see it on the news. We see it all over the world. People being persecuted all over the world. And all flesh had corrupted their way on earth. Can we say that today? Can we say that almost all flesh has corrupted themselves upon the earth today, except those who call upon Yeshua, the Messiah? We see it from the very poor to the very elite, to the, to the people who run the world, right? We see the corruption everywhere. We saw it in the election. We see the corruption, the greed, the power, the lust for fame, the lust for power, the lust for immortality that Satan lies to people and says, I will give you this if you will worship me. If you will bow down and worship me, I will give you the world. And he has given the world to all the people who run the world right now. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And he says to Noah, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. Now, if Noah wouldn't have obeyed God, the ark would have never got built, right? If, if Noah would have complained and said, well... You know, I don't know, Lord, should we really build this ark? I mean, it's a lot of work. I've got to cut down a lot of trees. It's going to take me a lot of time to do this. Are you sure you're going to do this, Father? Uh, I may find somebody else. If he would have said that, all humanity would have been destroyed. We wouldn't be here today. And he says in verse 17 and 18, he says, Behold, I myself, the Lord says, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life, everything that is on the earth shall die. But, but he says, I will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark. You, your sons, your wife, and your sons with you. And what did Noah say? What did he say? In Genesis 6.22, he says, Thus Noah did, according to all that God commanded him, so he did it. Without complaint, without whining, without trying to get out of it. It just says Noah did it. All that God commanded him, so he did. 
My brethren, God has prepared a place for us. Each and every one of us, God has prepared and is preparing a place for us. But beware, there are conditions. In Exodus 23, what does he say? He says, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. Who's he talking about? But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. So brethren, even though the world around us is filled with violence and they want to persecute and destroy us and wipe us off the face of the earth, those who are with us are more than those who are against us. If you have the creator in the heaven and earth with you, who can stand against us? Nobody. Nobody can snatch us out of God's hands. What did Paul say? Nothing, shipwreck, trial, persecution, nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us. All we can do is jump out of his hand if we want to. It's our choice. And this is the crux of my message today. See, we have a heart problem, brethren. And I'm going to get into that here very quickly. So what are the preparations of God? Let's look at what God is doing to prepare for us. Because God, he's, in, he's, he's preparing too. He's just not up there, you know, playing gin rummy or something. He's, he is preparing a place for us. In Psalm 9 verse 7 it says, But the Lord shall endure forever. He has prepared his throne for judgment. In Psalm 7, verses 11 to 13, what does he say? He says, God is a just judge, and God is angry with the wicked every day. So everything that's being done on the earth today, all the evil that we see, we read about, we know about, we know what's happening, it's not hidden from God. And he is angry with the wicked every day if the wicked does not turn back. So he gives them a chance to repent. And it says, he will sharpen his sword and he will bend his bow and make it ready. He also prepares for himself instruments of death. This is our God speaking. He's preparing instruments of death for those who will not repent in the evil that is in the world. And he makes his arrows into fiery shafts. This is our God. This is who we serve. Are you ready to meet this God? Are you ready to meet Yeshua HaMashiach? Because I feel that some of us aren't quite ready. Because our God is an awesome God. And he's about ready to shake heaven and to shake earth. Just as we shook Mount Sinai when he gave the Ten Commandments. And the people were fearful of God. And they wanted Moses to speak to them and not God. We're heading that way. And we're heading to a preposis 
that is unlike anything in the world has ever seen before. And we are actually blessed, brethren, that we are on the cutting edge. We are living in these times that we may see the return of Messiah. I'm not putting times and dates on anything, but the birth pangs are getting stronger and stronger and stronger. You know, when we were over in Israel in 2018 and they moved the embassy to Jerusalem and they said Jerusalem was the capital of Israel, man, that was a big shake in the world, right? And now we have peace deals, right? We have the different Arab nations that are making peace with Israel. Things are moving in the world in the spiritual realm. We don't always see it because we're kept busy with our works, our jobs, our families. The news doesn't tell us the truth. But there are things happening in the world on the spiritual realm that God is preparing for the return of the bridegroom. So in Psalm 23, verses 5 and 6, it says, You prepare, again, prepare, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The worship team was just singing some of those songs about taking the cup from the hand and laying on his breast and hearing his heartbeat. Some of my favorite songs bring tears to my eyes. This is what we are waiting for. We are waiting for this day. And then in Psalm 23, verses 5 and 6, it says, Lord, you have heard the desire of the humble. You will prepare their heart. And that's the message for today. We're going to talk about preparing our heart to meet our Messiah and our Father. You will cause your ear to hear to do justice to the fatherless in the oppressed that the man of the earth may oppress no more. A time is coming where evil will be done away with. No one can oppress us anymore. And the kingdom of God will be upon this earth. Hasatan, cursed be he, will be in the pit. And we will rebuild the waste places. And we will set up the kingdom of God. Torah will be the constitution of the whole earth. And we will go about teaching Torah to all those who have come through the tribulation. Do you believe that, brethren? Do you believe that that day is coming? Then we need to prepare for that day. For as the scriptures say, many are called... But few are chosen. So if you are here right now today, hearing the sound of my voice, you have been called. And it's up to us to prepare our hearts so that we can be worthy to enter in to that kingdom. And so it says that through his laws and governance, he has prepared a place for us. And is in the process of preparing us to enter into that place. Just as he has been preparing his people since time immemorial. He has been preparing for this day for all of time. Right? What does it say? Before the foundations of the earth, he has prepared this time for us. God has a plan. He's not delaying his coming. He's got a plan. He's right on time. And we're right where we are supposed to be at this time that we are in right now. He says, therefore, in Hebrews 
3, verse 1. He says, Therefore, holy brethren, that's us, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Yeshua HaMashiach, who was faithful to him, who appointed him as Moses also was faithful in all his house. And that's, that's our calling. And in Hebrews 3, verse 7 to 11, continuing, he says, Therefore, as the Ruach HaKadosh says, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works for 40 years, Therefore, I was angry with that generation. Are we like those people? Are we like our forefathers? Is he angry with us? Because we are testing him? Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. Are we going astray, brethren, in our heart for God? For Yeshua, for Messiah, for Torah. Is it too much for us? Are we bored with it? Will we just come here to get some food afterwards? To do some worship? Or do we come here because the King of Kings is here in this place right now today. And he has called us to come and worship before him. And what did he say? They always go astray in their heart. Why? And they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Those are strong words, brethren. I don't know about you, but it, it makes me really contemplate what I'm doing with my life right now and how my relationship is with the creator of heaven and earth. And in verses 12 and 15, he says, Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Maybe sometimes we're just not believing these words that we're hearing. Just like the Israelites, when they were in the wilderness, they had the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire. They saw God give them the Ten Commandments, shaking Mount Sinai. He did. He, he, they went through the Red Sea. They had all these miracles. But yet they still had unbelief in their hearts. Why? Why did they have that? And he says, Beware lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. So brethren, we need to be exhorting one another loving one another, looking after the needs of one another. You know, this COVID has shaken up a lot of people. And we need to be in touch with those who have been shaken. Maybe their faith has been shaken. There's some that won't come with us anymore because of whatever reason. And we have to reach out. And we have to encourage them and exhort them. And he says, exhort one another daily while I was called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Right? 
what does it say in Jeremiah? The heart is deceitful above all things, right? We think we're right with God. We think we got it all going on, don't we? We deceive ourselves just as Satan deceived Eve and Adam and all the people, all of humanity since then. So don't let that happen. Don't be deceived in your heart thinking you got it all together. Because as Paul says, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And then he continues, he says, For we have become partakers of Messiah if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end while it is said today. Again, the third time. Today. Today. Right now. This minute. Today. If you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Now, I wanted to come and give you a nice, soft message, you know, with syrup and sweet candy and everything. I can't do it, brethren. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I have to say If I don't say it, these speakers will cry out. I'm sorry I have to say these things. And I know it cuts to the heart, right? Just as it says in Hebrews 4, 11. It says, Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful. This word is living and it's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints of marrow. And it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Right? And as he says, there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things, all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. A day is coming when Yeshua is coming, and he's going to separate his goats from his sheep, his wheat from his chaff, and each and every one of us are going to have to give an account of what we did with our lives. When he called us, he opened up this word to us and planted it in his heart, gave us the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding, the understanding to come here on Shabbat, to know his holy days. Each of us is going to have to give an account of how well we did that. Now let's get into the heart of the message. That was just the introduction. Let's get into the heart of the message. Matthew 7. Let's turn there. In Matthew 7, and you've heard me say these words before. I'm sorry, brethren. These words just stick with me. It says in Matthew 7, verses 13 to 14, it says, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because, why? Because narrow is the gate. And difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Yeshua never said that when we accepted him as Messiah and Lord over our life, that it was going to be an easy life. And I know many of us here, we've lost loved ones, we've lost marriages, we've lost family, we've lost jobs, we've lost our homes. I've lost a lot of things in my life because in my early days, I thought I had it all going together. And I'd get angry at God and God said, hey, 
get angry with me, huh? Well, I lost my wife, I lost my children, I lost my house, I lost my job. But you know what? When I repented and I came back to him and I decided to dedicate my whole life to him, he gave me back that that I lost and probably ten times more. And I'm thankful that the more I give away, the more I receive, and I can't outgive God. Every time He gives me something, I try to give it away, it keeps coming back to me. That's the God that we serve. But He's looking for our hearts. He's looking for our heart. Are we willing to give Him everything that we have to serve Him in this life that we have, this, this little bit of time that we have that He has called us to? Because the day is coming, brethren, where we're going to get old, we're going to get wrinkles. I'm starting to get wrinkles on my neck here. I don't know what to do about it, but I got these wrinkles showing up. We're all going to get old and wrinkly and die, and, and we're going to become fertilizer for the earth. And the worms are going to eat us, and that's it, right? And our soul will go to heaven. If Messiah doesn't come first, maybe we'll be changed. That would be great, right? I, I would like to experience that. Is that being human, when Messiah comes, the trumpet is blown, and the, Im, the mortal is changed into immortality. That would be a great experience. I, I want to feel that. I hope I'm alive to see that. But if I'm not, I'm going to be worm food. I mean, that's just the way it is. So difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are fewer who find it. But he's called us to find it. You know, it's like a treasure. You know, we have to go find the treasure. And so that's our quest right now, is to draw as close to God as we can draw. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 5, he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's it. You know, Yeshua says, My yoke is easy. My burden on you is light. He's only asking for one thing obedience to him and faith two things faith obedience and faith that's what he's asking for us from us are we willing to give him that let's turn to Luke chapter 10 so in Luke chapter 10 remember the the rich ruler says to him um, you know how how can we uh, receive eternal life and what should we do and he says, he answered Yeshua, and he says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And then he adds, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And what did Yeshua say to him? You answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. It's not a heavy burden. But yet in Matthew 7... Verses 21, what does he say? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, right? So the day is there. Lord, Lord, haven't we not prophesied in your name? So there's going to be people prophesying. Haven't we cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? 
And what does he say? These are the words that you never want to hear said to you from the Messiah. He says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Or we could say Torahlessness. And so that word knew from the word know is yada, Hebrew word yada. And what does that word mean? It means an intimate relationship with God. And that's what he's looking for from us. He wants to have a deep, intimate relationship with us, just as we would have with our, our spouse or our spouse. I say children, but that's, that wouldn't be right. Um, <laughs> so uh, he wants to have that deep, intimate relationship with us. He wants to know us. And he wants us to be that close to him, just as we heard in the worship song today. So I don't mean to bring a heavy message here today, but I'm, I want to bring a message of encouragement. Because we're in troubling times right now. And now we're being tested. Right? What does Messiah say in Revelation? He says, now comes the patience of the saints. So there's a time coming of testing. And believe me, all of us, we don't want to go through anything. We don't want to go through hardship, right? We just want to enjoy life, work, eat, enjoy the fruit of our labors, enjoy our children, And so we live like we're going to live forever, but we prepare like Messiah is coming tomorrow because we do not want to get into our hearts that he is delaying his coming. So in our hearts, we have to prepare ourselves to always be ready for when he returns. So I want to turn to Matthew 24, starting in... Verse 3. I'm just going to read it out of my Bible here. So it says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And Yeshua answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah And will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. And we've had them throughout all our life and throughout all history, right? He says, you'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and pestilences. Just like we're in right now in earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So what we are experiencing right now in the world is the beginning of sorrows. There's much more to come. Believe me, the evil one has much more planned for us and for this world. He wants the whole world to worship him and he's working towards that end. And so don't get wrapped up in the world and the politics and what's going on. Yeshua, when he was on earth... The Roman Empire was in power, right? The most ruthless empire probably ever upon the earth. And he just left it just alone. Remember they said, have you come now to restore the kingdom of Israel? He says, it's not for you to know the time and the seasons. And what did he send them to do? 
to go and proclaim the gospel of the good news. He didn't say go form some militia and go overtake the Roman Empire. No. He said, go spread my message. Go spread the word, the gospel of the kingdom of God and let the politics and all the worldly affairs to man. He says, go and do my will. So in verse 9 he says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Oh, that's fun. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And I'd say we're pretty much there. Everyone pretty much hates Israel right now and hates us Christians because we don't accept the gay, what do you call it, the gay agenda, right? I mean, look at all the people that are in the White House right now. It makes me laugh. It's like, oh my goodness, what's going on with this world? And so we have forsaken God as a country. We kill a lot of babies, you know, tens of millions of babies a year. We do all kinds of evil stuff in the name of freedom, under the red, white, and blue, and other things. And he says, you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And he says, then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness, again, will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And what does he say? And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. And I asked before, I think the last time I spoke, are we proclaiming the gospel to all the nations of the world right now? And I said, with the rise of the internet, we're very close, but there's some countries that shut it down. So I don't know how well it's getting into North Korea and some of these other countries, though I know South Korea is always broadcasting the message. And so maybe there are people that are picking it up. I know there's 120 million people in China that are underground who are believers of Messiah. I have a friend of mine there who lives in Shanghai. He actually teaches some of these underground people. And I know, you know, you know, we go to the Philippines all the time. The Philippines is on fire. But we also get calls from other nations, Asian nations, Indonesia, Singapore, Malaysia, Japan. And then don't, you know, South America is on fire for Messiah right now. And the word of God is getting out there. So proclaiming the gospel, next slide there, proclaiming the gospel must be our priority. Would you agree with that? But we cannot do it effectively if we are not prepared spiritually. And the only way that we can properly prepare, be prepared is by obedience to Torah and loving His commands, His decrees, in ordinances with all our heart and soul. 
So I thought, okay, how do we do that? And I thought a good exercise, not that we're going to do it today, but for you later after you go home, and I'll just read a little bit, but I'll read my favorite chapter in the book a little bit, a couple of them, Psalm 119. So turn to Psalm 119 if you have your Bibles with you, your phones. In Psalm 119, verse 1, what does it say? Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law or the Torah of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed. I will praise you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. In verse 9, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. And let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden. Where? In my heart. That I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. In verse 17, deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your Torah. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. You rebuke the proud, the curse, who stray from your commandments. Verse 25, my soul clings to the dust. Revive me according to your word. I have declared my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. Verse 33, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your Torah. Indeed, I shall observe it with what? My whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments. For what? I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted to fearing you. Are we devoted, brethren, to fearing God? Do we really fear God? Because when he comes, you will be afraid, believe me. Just as the Israelites were afraid when he descended upon Mount Sinai. We are flesh and blood. We don't even know the power. You want to see the power of God? Step out in a thunderstorm some night or a hailstorm and you will understand the awesomeness of God. In verse 97, Oh, how I love your Torah. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my, are my meditation. 
I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments for you yourself, you yourself through this word, God himself have taught me, has taught us through his word and is teaching us. And then in verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth, and through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Are we making the word of God Next slide there. Are we making the word of God our delight? That's the, that's the pivotal question for today. Are we making the word of God our delight? That's a heart question. That's something only you know the answer to. Because if we are not, we will never enter the promised rest. We will be like the Israelites who wandered and died in the wilderness. So I thought to myself, what can I give the brethren today? One thing, baby steps. You know, Eldon and I, we watched this movie. Ever watch that movie, What About Bob? With uh, Bill Murray, and he's saying, he got that book, it was baby steps. Okay, Bob, you just got to take baby steps. So I'm thinking, okay, what are the baby steps that we need to take to get on the right track here? And because I'm greeting and I'm out there all the time and I see everyone coming in and out and I see what's going on, I thought, okay, the first place to start is in keeping the Sabbath properly. In Exodus 20, we know this verse, right? The fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you should do no work. You, your son, your daughter, your male and female servants, your cattle, and the stranger in your gates. For in six days, six, God, the Lord, made heavens and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. And he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he hallowed it. How well are we doing that, brethren? When Friday night comes, the sun is setting... Are we creating an environment for our family? Or maybe we're lighting the candles, we've got a little bread and wine, we've got a nice dinner, have some people over, doing some fellowship, reading the word, gathering around the dinner table, teaching the word of God to our loved ones, our families. And if we don't have any families, we can maybe go and visit some people. Maybe two or more can gather together. And bring in the Shabbat. Put away the cell phones. Put away the TV. You know, those who say, I can't come to service because I have to work. I go back to that commandment. I said, uh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath day. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's the Shabbat. If your job is making you work, you need a new job. That's the bottom line. And the Lord will provide. I got fired before. I told you this story maybe before I got fired for keeping the Shabbat. 
I got hired back a week later. They gave me a raise. They gave me the Shabbat off. I worked on Sunday and I stayed with that company six years. God will always test you on this Shabbat. How well are we doing? So we are gathered here right now today. And the shofar was blown. The doors were closed. Just like the door of the ark was closed. How well are we preparing to be here on time in the presence of God? Because he has called us here today to worship him. Not to stop at Starbucks and get a latte and come here and have coffee out at the coffee bar and chit-chat out in the lobby for hours on end and not come in and listen to the worship. Listen to where somebody's like, well, I really don't like the worship. Uh, uh, I want to stay out here. I'll come when the worship is done. I want to hear the word. Others will say, I really don't like the word. I don't really don't like the word. I just come for the worship. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm coming because God told me to come and I'm here to worship God in spirit and in truth. And that's got to be our heart. These are heart conditions that we need to evaluate within ourselves. And now I'm going to turn to Matthew 25. Let's go back and look at that. After Matthew 24, remember he said the end will come. And we know this parable, right? The parable in Matthew 25. I don't have it up on the screen, so you'll have to open up your Bibles or just listen along. So the parable of the wise and foolish virgin. We know this, right? I mean, come on, we've probably read this many times. In Matthew 25, verse 1, it says, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamp. But while the bridegroom, right, Yeshua, is waiting, he's delayed, they all slumbered and slept. How many of us are slumbering and sleeping right now because we feel the Lord has delayed his coming? But at midnight, right, when the whole world is filled with darkness, at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. And then all those virgins rose and they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said, give us, to the wise, they said, give us some of your oil for our lamps. Are going out. And the wise answered, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready in went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Just like the door of the ark was shut. All those people during the time of Noah had a chance to repent and get their heart right with God. But it was inclined to evil continually. And when that ark was shut, that was it. There was no more chance to get into the ark to be saved. And in verse 13, he says, or verse 12, he says, But he said to them, well, I mean, I'm sorry, verse 11, he said, The other virgins came after saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered them. And what did he say? The same words we just read in Matthew 7. Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And those should be really 
convicting words for us that we need to get our hearts right with God and take this walk seriously, our calling seriously. Because the day is coming when all these doors are going to be shut, the doors of the ark. And you're going to come here one day if you're used to just coming here at your own leisure. And you're going to knock on the door. And there's not going to be anybody here. And you're going to say, where are they? Lord, Lord, open up, open up. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Those are the strongest. I never want to hear those words spoken to me. And so I'm encouraging each and every one of us today. Why it is called today to get our heart right with God. To make our calling and election sure. To take this seriously. Because the world is passing away and all the lusts of it. All the promises of wealth. All the promises of immortality that Satan can never give anyone. I don't care how much adrenochrome or whatever they call it uh, you take. I don't care what things they come up with, transhumanism, they want to download us into computers with AI and all this stuff. No matter what they try to do, they can't save themselves. And they won't be saved. Because once Satan gets a hold of you, your soul is his. And he will make your life a living hell. And he will take your soul and claim it for his own. So don't give it to him. Don't open the door. Don't allow things to come in. You young kids with your computer games and your social media and all the things that you go out and watch, cut it off. Unless you're into Christian groups or Messianic groups or whatever, because this stuff will destroy you because that's the way he gets in. He just needs a little crack, like a cockroach. You know, you ever see little cockroaches, they get in under your door? He just needs a little crack to get in there. And once he's in there, he will infestate, infest, I mean, your whole life, your whole temple. And one thing will lead to another, will lead to another before the next thing you know. You have forsaken Messiah and you're out in the world doing your own thing. I've seen it so many times. I've seen so many young kids, they get 18, they say, I'm going out on my own. I'm going out on my own to sow my wild oats. And about 10 years later, many of them come back and say, man, I shouldn't have done that. I made a lot of mistakes. Boy, well, now I got three kids. I don't got a job and I got to live with mom and dad now. It's like, if you just would have listened to begin with, you wouldn't have to go through all that. So likewise, we bring a lot of our problems onto ourselves. A lot of things that we got going on in our lives, we bring it on ourselves because we are not following the commands, the decrees. We're not following God with a whole heart. So what does he do? He brings trials. He tests us. He brings things on. He chastises us to bring us back to him. But I want to leave you with an encouraging word, okay? We always got to leave with an encouraging word. So in Luke 12... Verse 22. What does he say? In Luke 12, verse 22, he says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life and what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you and you and you and you and you and you than the birds and the lilies? And which of us, which of you 
by worrying can add one cubic to your stature. I wish I could add a couple more because I'm very short. I could use a couple more feet, but hey, it is what it is. He says, if you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither spin nor toil. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then... If then God so clothes the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. You know, we have an anxious mind right now because of all the stuff that's going on in the world right now. Our minds are anxious But God will give us a shalom that will surpass all understanding if we just dig into his word and draw close to him. Because he says in verse 30, For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your father knows that you need these things. But seek what? The kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide for yourselves money bags which do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. For why? Next slide, the last slide. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also and I forgot to invite the worship team to come up so where your treasure is there your heart will also be so that's where our heart needs to be it needs to be in the word it needs to be with each other and we need to be seeking the kingdom first because there is nothing more important right now now in part two Whenever I have a chance to to give that, we're going to talk about how to proclaim the gospel. Now that we are preparing spiritually, now we're ready to go out and proclaim the gospel of the good news of the kingdom. So, Father, I give you thanks and praise for this day. I thank you for your Shabbat, your holy days. I thank you, Father, that you have opened up your word to us. Babes, you have called the weak of the world to confound the mighty. And I thank you, Father, for my brothers and sisters. I pray that this word that I've given today through you will touch each and every one of their hearts. That each of us, no matter how little or strong or whatever positions of authority that we are in, whether we're new babes just coming in or whether we've been walking this walk for 30, 40 years, I pray, Father, that something in this message has touched each and every person to do better than what they have been doing, to honor you, to worship you, to know that you are the creator of heaven and earth and you want full allegiance from us. You want no idols in our house. And so you are the one true God who has given us Yeshua HaMashiach, the only way to salvation. He is our savior. He is the only way to get through the narrow gate. He is the only path to get through. And so help us to get through that path, direct our paths to come through you, through that gate, 
that we may be where you are, where you have prepared a place for us, that we may be called and be at your supper table, and we would be with you forevermore. So we give you thanks and praise for these things. We ask your blessing upon it all. And the rest of our worship here today and our fellowship and our oneg. And we say Shabbat Shalom, Shavuot Tov. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, brethren. Amen and amen.